0: Hey everyone, Kylie here. So today on Business Biology, we talk about the failures that Brady and I have gone through. And we kind of talk a little bit about why we went through them, some of the challenges we faced. And we went through them chronologically and just gave a sense of what it took for us to get to the level that we currently are, even though we're not at a very high level. So we're still very entry level, very new but to get to a place to where we could understand certain things and feel like we're getting more mature in our business skills and the rate of improvement is starting to climb a lot more quickly for both of us. Um, so that's kind of what we go through and we, we tell everybody and we share our experience and we let we let you know, uh, you know what it took for us to kind of find our groove in business. And um, hopefully some of you all can understand that. It's not a quick process and it's something that everyone will uh, generally go through. And so maybe some encouragement and, and find uh, some good stuff in this episode. Uh, one last thing is that we now are, have a, have a Twitter. Uh, it is biz bio podcast, B I Z B I O podcast. And uh, if you want to look us up there and shoot us some questions, if you have any, uh, we would love to have some interaction with people who listen to the podcast and we'll move on from there. So thanks. Thanks. I need to be from the microphone. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Right there. But it's funny. Like you said, the patience and conviction from Warren Buffett thing, because that's how I invest. I've, I've, I don't look at a lot of like performance metrics. I don't look at a lot of um, like financial statements. I don't look at a lot of stuff like that. What I do is like, I pay attention to a lot of the external things. Like, how often am I going to McDonald's and how long is the line there and why is this not replicated across the country? I feel like it's gotten busier. So I'm going to start thinking about McDonald's. And then after I get a couple of affirmations, I'm going to buy McDonald's stock. Like after like I hear something about it in the news is positive or after like I talk to somebody and they have the same feelings as me. That's whenever I buy McDonald's like stock. Okay. That, and I've been doing that for a couple of years now. And, and the reason I'm thinking about that is because I've been thinking that about Costco And you just mentioned Costco, okay? Like, and that's an affirmation. And I've been thinking about Berkshire Hathaway because they have like those B or C class shares, Uh not like the eighteen thousand dollars shares. Yeah, I have some B with Berkshire, and and that's what I've and like I've been thinking about it. It's just been on my mind. Yeah. And so I'm just like I start hearing more and more good things about it. I start like you know like you mentioning things like just kind of around, and that's when I think you know what I think I'll just buy some. Because what am I going to, what is, I right, analyze the financials. Yeah, that's really good. Don't get me wrong. That There's a whole, there's a lot to that. But at this stage of my investing, like I'm small peanuts and like, I want to just kind of like feel good yeah. about that investment. Yeah. You want to be in most important. I want to be in. Yeah. yeah. And it just needs to kind of be a natural thing. But that's the way I've done it uh, yeah. for the past couple of years. Other than like in my personal portfolio. Yeah. I'll just kind of slowly like, I hear something like, I should buy some of that. Like, it just kind of feels right sometimes, you know? And so that's whenever I do, and I never buy much, but that's the way I've been doing it for the past couple of years. And I feel like that's just right in line with what Warren Buffett was even saying, you know, like patience and conviction. Uh And that's that's it.
1: Yeah, I think buying, for one, I think just buying big companies, you know, which fall under... (laughs) You know, uh, Buffett's
0: category of having a moat, typically, uh-huh. you uh-huh. Know,
1: it's more or less a big company. It's not that, you know, like for Coke, it's the recipe. Sure. You know, but more or less, it's the powerhouses.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, and that's what you kind of have to, to find a moat. And, you know, and the other thing I've never really understood, and maybe because of, I haven't thought about it at a deep enough level, but whenever he talks about the moat and like some of the videos, he talks about C's candy. And C's Candy has a moat because if you buy your girlfriend C's Candy and, like, you get a kiss, then, like, you're going to go buy back and buy more C's Candy. And, like, I get that, but I don't understand I don't understand that's, the moat. That's not very, yeah, that's not much of a, I mean. I
1: think a lot of Buffett stuff, too, you kind of got to really read into it. You got to like, read into like, it. Like, like, one of his big things is you got to have good managers. Uh-huh. Well, of course, you know, but what i really saying, you got to have managers that are, compensated the right way, not compensated according to the stock price of the other trying to sell, you know, all yes. these little things that are really signs of not good management. But when you hear it, you're like, uh okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, and maybe it's more obvious just because we've kind of been there a little bit, whereas other people who are listening may not have been there. Like listen yeah. to what he's saying. Like it yeah, may be, I mean, it's kind of duh though. I, I, I just think there's it's a lot deeper. And that's an easy way for him to talk about things businessy that kind of move him, you know, kind of move him forward. I, I'm, I'm sure he has a deeper understanding of what that means than what he's actually purveying to the, the common people. But it's a uh, it's kind of one of those things that I just haven't understood. Although a lot of his advice, is, it's very practical. It's very practical. Yeah. A lot of things he talks about.
1: Yeah, I haven't uh, bought a lot of stock really at all um, in the last you know, year especially. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I do, I like to look at big companies.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Just, it makes you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'd rather typically have a big company that, you know, isn't returning as much for a small company that's going to perhaps be more impacted. There's more reliant on bigger companies. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's a few rules I like, you know, um, without going into too much detail, but you know, low debt, and mm-hmm. you know, good multiple. And historically that company's, you know, not at one of its higher points. Yeah. Cause typically there's, there's enough opportunities that you don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but I think just, I think aside from all that, I think just kind of always being in and on big companies, regard, regardless, you know, of what is going on in that company. Um, isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, that's that's what index funding is, and yeah. Buffett touts index funding.
0: Yeah, you know? especially um, for somebody who can to be active, it. you know.
1: Yeah, be- exactly. And especially for somebody that's managing private equity as well, right? You know, stocks mm-hmm. is a diversification that you know you're really not looking at the same way. Regardless, it's not going to give you a big return. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. You know, it, compared to private equity, you're. I mean, you're getting. Downs on the dollar. You are, yeah, um, yeah, four so, or five percent, so you can know hope for it. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 and I think you know, paying attention to things that you're seeing in your personal life, you know, like you said, the line is getting longer at McDonald's, you know, uh-huh. uh, and it, it's good to to be in companies that you just feel good about. Like mm-hmm. I was suggesting uh, a company to my uh, dad. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about him getting into making some personal picks Uh and uh, one company I suggested was Lear. Not Mm -hmm. that necessarily it's the best company to invest in, but it's not bad. You know, they don't have bad numbers and it's, it's decent and Mm -hmm. he likes it. He'll keep up with it. He'll read, he'll be interested in reading the earnings report or the court, you know, the, uh, uh, the shareholders, meet. you know, yeah. they'll be interested in hearing what's going on. Yeah, like yeah. he know he already knows all about Lear and what kind of engines they have in their planes and because he's uh-huh. a plane freak, yeah, he knows yeah. all about their company already. So, and you know, I suggested to Allison. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily like this pick either, but it's actually not bad. Like their numbers aren't bad, and that's QVC. And I told uh-huh. Allison I said that would be something that you pays would attention. be uh-huh. maybe interested in. You yeah, know, like it would. So I think there's, I think it's healthy to have a stock that you just feel good about that you're just motivated to get some of, and you know, I don't necessarily think it's good to not buy when it's high either. That can keep yeah. you from not buying that can turn, that can quickly turn into timing. Yeah. You know, if you're not careful, uh-huh. which is always dangerous. Right. Um, but, uh, and but yeah, at times I don't have, I've definitely made picks where, it's not the numbers that are making me. You know, I like numbers, but it's not the price point that's making me yeah. so excited. I might be buying a little high, but I'm comfortable because I know over. I know when it goes down, I'll just buy more. Yeah, and that's really what I'm waiting on. You yeah, know, that that's really what I'm waiting on. And uh, I mean, and, so, and I have other places to put my money other than than, than stocks, yeah. where it's passive. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know?
1: So it, I'm not I'm not necessarily. You know, I'm still fighting inflation, but I'm not. You know, uh, and I and I do have stocks. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I typically keep a few. No, I don't keep many stocks. I keep a few just to where I can. You know, right now I feel like I have a lot, and I have six just to be. I got a lot more than six. I need, I'm uh, trimming mine down. Is what but, I mean. uh But I like having a few because it keeps me, you know, more interested in what they're what they're doing. That's probably too few. I'm not suggesting six by any means. That's yeah. just
0: more. You know, I, I that's just more my style. But, um, see, I, I need to get mine a little bit trimmed, trimmed down just because I'm kind of impulsive. Like I said, yeah. in my picks, like sometimes if it seems like a good thing, then I'll just buy a little bit. It, it's lunch.
1: important to note that guys like us can get away with having less than 10. Whereas if you don't know anything about finance, you need to have, a, you, you, know, first need first fund. Fund. you need an index fund. If you're looking at stocks and you're interested in stocks, you have no idea about stocks. And you want to get started. Just go get, buy an index fund. Go, yeah, go get a part. What 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 would be the easiest thing to start? Would it be Robinhood? Is that kind of the most user-friendly thing to start off?
0: Probably. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. But uh, if you wanted to buy your own stocks, yeah, I'd probably go with Robinhood. You can do it all yeah. online. I mean, that's download, what download I use.
1: Robinhood. You can do it on your phone.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, that's what I use. You can download the app right now to Robinhood.
0: And because right. the only reason to, to use a brokerage that you have to pay per... Trade is for the advanced analytics software. That's because the only you reason you don't need to. You don't think need about it. that. You don't even need it unless you're day trading, which you don't need to be doing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if unless you know what you're doing, you don't need to go try and day trade. I mean, that takes years of like watching the market to even have an inkling of an idea of what to do there. And so, like, that's not for everybody. By any but means. That's not the person we're talking to. That's not the person we're talking story. to. The person doesn't have any stocks exactly. right now, this second, we're talking yeah, about The second. Yeah, you person. download Robinhood, you get you get in. You know, you finish that, and you, you buy spy, or you or you buy something like that, like that, like some sort of ETF.
1: And let, let's clarify what an
0: index fund
1: is. Is like the S and P five hundred is an index,
0: exactly, and it's um, made up of a bunch of different companies, and it's like more or less an average of their stock price, and, and, and I mean, it, it, it fluctuates according to the average fluctuation of all of the companies in that kind of bucket. And so you're more diversified by, because there's a bunch of big companies and if all of them had a good day, then the stock, the index goes up. If all of them had a bad day, it goes down. If they had a mediocre day, some up, some down, then the index doesn't move much. Yeah. So your point is you are likely
1: going to be right in line with the market. You're going to be making a little bit like the market always is. You're not going to clean up, but you're going to be safe and over the long haul. Uh, It's something that you can do without, you know, getting killed with mutual fund fees. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. mutual funds are too expensive, but the S&P 500, for example, that's 500 companies. So you could buy one share of one company. You could buy uh, Exxon Mm mobile and there's your share, or you could buy one share of the S&P 500 index. And now that's one piece, one of that's 500 little pieces Right there. Yeah. Uh, so you're diversified, and if the market goes up or goes down, those 500 companies are probably going to be a pretty, you know, go right it's along stable. with that. Right? Yeah, it's
0: it's it's um, it's very stable. And there's different index solutions. funds
1: that cover different areas.
0: Yeah, like there's some that cover the technology sector, so it's only technology stocks in that portfolio. And so, like generally, the the tech stocks will have bigger swings up and down because they're generally a lot more volatile. But if you're long, or you're, if you think that if you're bullish for technology ETFs, then that's what you do. You buy, or not technology ETFs, technology in general. Get a technology ETF. You know, that's I did that. I've had good return on that over the past couple of years just because I saw it kind of starting to snowball. And I'm so, well, I'll buy a little bit, you know? I mean, you could buy just one Apple and you would probably have higher returns. I of buy on one Apple share than one technology ETF share. But you could have bigger losses too. And so, I mean, it's always risk-reward. At the end of the day, it's always risk-reward.
1: So this is a good way to segue into our failures because Uh, stocks kind of
0: got us going
1: in some sense.
0: They, um, that was kind of the turning point, right? Yeah. That was the turning point. But I mean, so the idea for today, even though we're already a little bit into it is to kind of go through chronologically how we got to the place we're currently at and talk about the failures Along the way, because we've had way more failures than successes. I mean, we're like at a thirty-three percent success rate, with one of those being kind of fudgy, you know. Yes. Uh, so it started out zero for three. We started out zero for three, zero for four in private equity, zero for four in private equity. Yeah, that's that's yeah, with our own money, kind of like investing in. And to be companies. clear,
1: this isn't overall. This is our things together along the way. We had other sure we, so we have but, separate things, but we did get start started earliest together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, Our first thing was definitely a failure.
0: And so we're talking, we're about 16 years in since we've been thinking about that. We're both around 30 years old. And the thing is, is uh, like, so we started this really young. I mean, we're talking 14, 15 years old is whenever we started thinking about entrepreneurship business. We may have shared that before. Just dreaming, just talking,
1: sharing what we've read. Um, You know, every time we were hanging out with our friends, uh, you know, there was big groups. We'd find ourselves off
0: talking about business. Just and kind of they would be, they would get tired of us talking about business. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing is, like, some of them just weren't interested. Not that they're not good friends or anything along those lines. It's just that you could tell that interests were different. Or they were interested about business,
1: but never to the point that we were. We could have sat there and talked about it till we fell asleep. Uh-huh. And no one else could just hang to that level. They were interested, but they would get distracted. Whereas, uh-huh. we were just
0: homed in, <laughs> which was so beneficial from an early age because it, it, you know, we've been reading about it and we've said this before. I know we've said this before, but we've been reading about it and learning about it for so long. And now we know terminology and we can pick up things so much quicker just because we've, we've wrapped our minds around what the basics of it are, you know, and, and it's easy for us to go and read a more technical article or understand things at, at a higher level more quickly just because we have a base level of knowledge. And that took a long time. To exactly. Develop. And that combination of
1: knowledge with failure is what makes you, you know, successful. Ultimately. Yeah. And so I think failures actually help. A whole you got to go down that road at some yeah. point. You have to go through the, the, the massive try. increase of in knowledge and uh-huh. accept the failures that come with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and this is meant to be an episode of encouragement and that's yeah. why we're yeah. going over our failures.
0: Yeah. Just to know, just know that like, I mean, I, we're not there yet, but we're a lot further along than when we started. You know, and Absolutely. we just never quit. And that, I think, is kind of the yeah, that's the, the key. The key there, and you hear that a lot. It's pretty cliche, but it's so true. Like, just don't stop. Just keep doing what you're doing, and something's gonna something's gonna strike oil. Eventually, well, you know? there's a
1: statistic that I read at one time. Now, this may not be true because it's pretty ridiculous, but it said that ninety percent of businesses fell within six years. Now it's, that's probably a little aggressive. It's probably not that big, but it, it you know, it's probably three fourths or something, at least yeah, you, there's right. a lot of them. So, um, if that's the case, if you know, you got a one in four, one in five, let's call it a one in five chance instead of a one in 10, mm-hmm. we'll call it a one in five chance. Why would you take just one swing? Why would you try once?
0: Yeah, you got to swing at least five times. <laughs> it would seem that, right? uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you just got to make sure you give it every so, opportunity you're all. Yeah. So don't expect to go out there and do well the first time. You can't give twenty percent effort and mm-hmm. hope to get no, yeah, work up no. to one hundred percent effort over five swings. Exactly. That's uh that's the problem. You know. Exactly. But you got to be smart. And yeah, we started out zero for three.
1: We struck out uh-huh, so. Uh-huh.
0: easily. So first thing we tried was. Uh, how are we? 16, 15. I don't know. I was in high school. Yeah. I'm sure I was close to it. I don't remember if I was driving it or not, but we tried to do an eBay business. We had a buddy that was uh, doing pretty good at it. And he was like, yeah, we'll kind of figure this out together. And uh, we had a supplier issue kind mm-hmm. of. He um, was doing it. Well, he was doing
1: all these other products. He was actually mm-hmm. making some money. This was in 2005. I believe. Okay. okay. Um, so kind of, we had been a few years at this point, you know, dreaming, wanting to do something, mm-hmm. and then we kind of got our shot. We both kind of got enough money in our pocket to take right. a stab at something, uh-huh. uh, and we were teenagers. We were teenagers. What did we put, maybe five hundred bucks in, thousand, I, something like that. I couldn't even tell. It was you. probably it was like, between
0: the two of us. It was either five. It was somewhere between five hundred and a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Which well,
1: we had a much bigger order plan though. This was the test
0: run. I know, and if it, it, it because totally our plan worked.
1: was, we had. We had a plan to... So we were buying iPods. We are buying iPods. From China. From China. <laughs> and they were fake. We,
0: which we didn't realize. We did not know that when we ordered them. We didn't know they were fake iPods. We just thought we were getting an awesome deal. <laughs> <laughs> awesome iPods. But when they came in, the packaging was terrible. And there was no English on the iPod. Yeah, we had to look... We had to get real
1: iPods in. Like translate, out. yeah. Uh-huh. Go to the language. And <laughs> I it was in Mandarin. That. Everything's in Mandarin. Oh, oh, I still good. have that fake iPod. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I have one of them. I had I I found one when I was moving from my townhouse to room. Oh, that's fine. And uh, I gave it to Patrick. It goes in the
0: box, wrapped up, and everything. Uh huh. My so, mine's yeah. still back back home. But it's uh, you know, we quickly realized that wasn't something we're going to be able good to sell. Good thing. Hey, we were smart though.
1: We did a test run uh-huh. before making a, a big order.
0: Uh huh. But we did lose some money there it was probably 500 bucks i bet i think yeah. we ordered four or five of them yeah or something like that you know we were going to it was, which money. was a lot to me at that time oh yeah we were 15 16 17 yeah. years yeah. old we yeah. didn't have any money we didn't have we
1: didn't want to be losing
0: 250 bucks for no, sure definitely not but worth the um, shot
1: but- so that was that kept us that failure haunted us till 2010 Yeah, real realistically challenge. we were like man i don't <laughs> want to lose any more money <laughs> well you know we, went, we at, we went to college, mm-hmm. you know, we did all that and we never, you know, we were still interested, but, uh, I think we just weren't, we just didn't have the drive or, or the confidence perhaps. Yeah. It might've shaken our confidence a little bit um, too. I didn't think I we kind of had a little taste to realize how tough something was because it wasn't mm-hmm. as simple as we just made. I mean, we sat around, we thought about this, we worked yeah. up the courage to order it. We had, you know, a little plan in place and ultimately it failed. And I don't think that's necessarily just what, Helped us run, but it had to play some sort of factor. I'm sure we it was did. five years later until we tried something else, right? Which right. failed, which right, <laughs> <laughs> which didn't really get off the ground. It never either. got off the ground. We, but it did. We, we spent some time on. We it. spent some time on it. And we opened our LLC then. That was yeah. But that was a turning point for us. That was a turning point. At least yeah. we had a company of Yeah. Um. And we were going to do some consulting that we ended up backing out of. Um. So. Not necessarily a failure because we never started it. Yeah, but it was a failure to not get it going, put time into it, and not get rewarded for that. I mean, that was in 2010. But then that LLC sat there for four years until 2014, right? Without any moves. Um, Now I say that along the way we were contributing to it. Well, that's the main whole. This whole time we were putting money into this account every Mm -hmm. month. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, so we were doing that for years. How and much did we put into that?
0: We I don't know. We would put say in. it on here anyway. That's true. That's true. But it, it was—it it started off
1: not being much. It's, oh yeah, initially it, it yeah. wasn't much,
0: yeah. but it started to grow. It started to grow because we were just thinking that, that we're going to want this money to be in an account that we are not invested in personally. Like, right. so it's no longer t- coming out of our own bank accounts. It's coming out of a company bank account. Because we've contributed to it over time whenever we had jobs. Right. And we could like spare some money on the side. And we said, okay, well, let's throw, just for example, let's throw 50 bucks a month in each. Right. And like, then just slowly it accumulated. I don't remember right. the number, was it wasn't 50, but just slowly over time it accumulated. Well, I think it was 500 a month. I th- that's what I thought it was yeah.
1: too. Because I remember after the first year, it was something around five to
0: 10,000. You know, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and we it helps. It, it, helps. it, it helped. It got, it got yes, us going. It got us going. And then difference. we started
1: kind of increasing our contributions. I remember I set, like, um, in our payroll system, I set another account to shave off a certain percentage of my check, and uh-huh. it just went to there. I'd forget about it. Right, um, right. And we were doing that for a while. Were. And then in 2014, um, which was four years after we opened our LLC, we had another idea. Um, mm-hmm. And the company was called Dip Armor. It mm-hmm. was, we won't go into it, but you can plasti dip. Oh, it's a huge vehicle. thing now. I bet most people know okay, about it now. Cool. Yeah. Well, this we, was the beginning of that trend. Okay. Well, we were going to open a garage doing that, and we got the garage, uh-huh. got set up to do it, uh-huh. and then. We did a car, two or three. Well, no, no, we did practice cars. We did That's what cars I mean. Yeah, we did practice. We didn't actually open our doors, and we got an opportunity to get out. Of the lease, we realized, and we took it. We were kind of at that point, starting to realize maybe we don't want to do this. Like mm-hmm. we couldn't see the long term value in this business fundamentally. It was and, hard to be
0: super profitable. Yeah, that's what we began to realize. And the thing is, is within a year or two, it was us and two or three other shops in town. Maybe they were right. doing it, and within a year, year and a half, all the other ones were close to. It's like you can't, you couldn't be super profitable in it. It wasn't, it wasn't there. There may be a few niche places where you can be, yeah. But at that time, and you can, but we didn't want to. We didn't want to go down
1: the road to try to get there. Yeah, People we can we do didn't it. See People it. do it, but yeah. we didn't want to go down that path. So we got an opportunity to get out, and that took about three months. We were mm-hmm. in that garage for three months. We were gonna. We were kind of in there getting ready, and before, right before we opened our doors, uh, we got out of that. So that was in 2014. But that was good because that kicked off. Um. In 2016, well, we continued to contribute to that account and continued to grow it. And then in 2016, uh, we got into our stock portfolio. That's right. uh, Which Kylie, at that point, I didn't know anything about stocks. Um, I was pretty clueless. And Kylie uh, basically taught me, you know, brought me up in that through options, which was a great way to kind of. And I don't recommend anyone options trading. Um, And we also know how to use options with long-term positions. You know, we want to, we can use options in a way, you know, we'll sell a put on a stock that we want anyway. So when Mm. we get stuck with that stock, we're not stuck with it. Whereas a trader would consider stuck with it and be trying to sell a call. Right. When it goes back. Warren Buffett uses that same
0: strategy. Yeah. Yeah. He uses that same strategy. Yeah. You're using it as as a tool, but as a, as a early getting investor, don't worry about options will confuse you. Well, like, I will don't... say it
1: helps me because but you also have judges... somebody that
0: you could like yeah. we could sit in a whiteboard with, right? Yeah. And if you can know somebody that's proficient in finance and stocks and options, then yeah, learning options early will help you understand stocks a lot. But it's pretty hard to do on your own. I would say it's pretty hard to do on your own. You know, I I mean, I I went to school for it. That's the only reason I knew how to do it. And then like beyond that, that's, you know, it kind of went, but you know, to each their own, if somebody wants to tackle it, they could, um, but you'll probably lose money in the beginning, (laughs) just as a, as a general rule. Well, I'm just saying it's a great way to learn,
1: you know, if you can prevent yourself from risking more than you can afford to lose. That's true. Um, That's true. You know, I think it's a great. Well, no, I can't recommend it. I can't recommend it. But diving into the deep end, I think helps because yes. I was so lost uh-huh. that I was having to Google all kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, and it then it made the fundamentals super easy. Because then by the time, because I really was at options before I even realized oh, fundamentals. Yeah. Then when I realized fundamentals, I was like, oh, I already know all this. It's is. Is just accounting. Yeah. And yeah, that's true. So it it was it made actual stocks you know, looking at them from the balance sheet. And it's the, significantly uh, less intimidating, huh? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because options was
0: difficult. So yeah, that's uh, true. by the
1: time I looked at stocks, it was kind of, it was nothing,
0: but an options um, can scratch the itch for like activity. Yeah. Whereas if you just want to buy stocks and hold on to them for the long term, then that is something that is, uh, it can take a long time, but options scratch the itch because you kind of have to be active with them. But that, that's what started our stock portfolio, right? Is, is, at that point, we just kind of started doing a little investing, not active, but we talked about at least once a week. Right. And, um, we were meeting meeting once a week. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of started playing with it and that was our first profitable venture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in all reality, and I think, this
1: is where stocks, you know, I don't want to definitely don't want to suggest people do options and lose money they can't afford to lose or wouldn't enjoy losing. You know? Right. And we went in with an attitude of if we lost,
0: oh well. Well, it's because we contributed to the company over the course of a couple of years. And we had money to lose. And, yeah, we had money to lose. And we weren't risking it all. No. Her yeah, bet. Not even close. And so, we were looking at it as a bet. Yeah, that's the way we were looking at it. And um, that was that we had enough foresight early on. To, to kind of give ourselves this buffer when times were good. Mm-hmm. And it allowed us to play. And, you know, it kind of and created... Honestly, we kind of got in and got out. <laughs> we got in and got out. We thought, hey, the get, we got in. And then once we made some money, we thought, you know, maybe this isn't the way to make money right now. Uh, which I'm sure we'll get back in at some point. So we've kind of played with that. It's still going for us. Um, but we've kind of played with that over time.
1: But and, the good know. thing with stocks is it really got us, it gave us some motivation. We had a little bit of success. It got us working together around a business. Right, right, Um, formally. And and ultimately that kind of really kicked things back off again. So it gave us something to think about Mm -hmm. and it was easy to start because you know, we already had the money there. We already had it. So I think the first step, if you're looking to get something going with a friend or a partner, open an account, go to the bank, open an account and start putting money
0: in. So start putting start money. Start putting, dedicated. Just money. open it in your yeah. names, a joint right. account with both your names. It don't have
1: to be an LLC. And have part of your check go to it. You mm-hmm. know, shave off 10% or something. And have it go to
0: that. Our original account was in our names. Yeah. When we started it, we didn't even start it in an LLC. We started a joint account between the two of us and started putting money in it. Whatever we could afford per month between the two of us. You know, that was a, that, that is the best way to start. I mean, I'm convinced find somebody that you could be a partner with and contribute. And that shows a lot. If they'll contribute for as long as you'll contribute. Right. Each I put a
1: hundred dollars in because yeah. that's all you need to get going. So I mean, open an account with $200. Yeah. That's each,
0: all. You and need. then each put whatever you can afford. If one guy can afford 50 a month, and the other guy can afford a hundred a month, do 50 a month. Don't stretch somebody thin as a result of it, you know, find right, the common right. ground Exactly. Don't, and, don't do that. And like before Start it and then don't think about it. Go keep going to work and know that you're building something in the background because you're going to have the money to start your business.
1: And remember, we would go years without any progress. We'd go years, I mean, we win a couple of at years. this
0: point. We're talking about 2016. This is just yeah. a couple of years. This is ago. six years yeah. after we started um, the original account. Six right. years. I mean, but we always knew it was there. That That was the turning point for us, is whenever we made that initial jump. And it's like, it's an easy way to dip your toe into business. All right. So you're not doing any sort of operations. You're not doing much of a business whatsoever, but you're, 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 you're fueling your entrepreneurial fire in the future. You're investing in your future self by giving a, yourself a play fund to get started with, you know? Right. Um, it's not easy. It's now, not easy. Now I don't want to confuse the listeners
1: into thinking that, you know, it's just been since 2016 that we've had success. It's, no, we've had other companies going a long way. This is just, again, our, this, this is our, between the two of us. Yes. Our personal partnership. Right. Um, but, uh, and which further proves how difficult it is. We were already successful entrepreneurs,
0: right? It just, um, it just, but together we just had our failures. Exactly. We just have our failures.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, that's just something. And It doesn't understand. matter that if, you know, if you've, if you, you've started your first company and it's been a success, it doesn't mean the next one will be.
0: You Cause that's I kind of right.
1: got in that position.
0: That's right. And yeah. then
1: my next attempts were failures. You, yeah. know, it's, you can get a little bit of success uh, and let it go to your head. Because well, it's bad. It gives you confidence that you know how to do something that you don't know how to do. You think, oh, I know how to build a business from the ground up. And you don't.
0: Yeah. The second time doesn't mean you're good. So to embrace that failure. Yeah. Winning that
1: first go round is probably going to give you some false and a little uh, false confidence.
0: Yeah. I can yeah. see that. I can see that. It definitely could. So, so after, embrace the failure when it comes. So after 2016,
1: well, we're still in 2016. Okay. We're Our still goal. in
0: 2016. Okay. Yeah. That was, as at the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. So then after we had a little bit more money to play around with, and, uh, we decided we were going to start more of a construction style business because we had, um, a couple of other partners that were proficient in this industry. And we thought that we could be the back office more or less and, right. and kind of help run the numbers because generally construction companies are just a cluster of terrible accounting.
1: But well, we were the investors. They we were the investors.
0: Yeah, we were the investors and we were going to actively manage for the finances. It's kind of like what we were going to do. Um, so we did that. Um, we actually did pretty good in revenue for the first few months. I mean, we, we did pretty it good a, in It was a
1: profitable business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We could have made a lot of money in that. But the mistake that was made that we've hit an earlier episode on is, you know, partnership ruined us. The, the one the people that we picked to do things with, it just didn't work out, you know? Um, uh, the founder stole. Yeah. Yeah. About. Yeah. More or less one of the not more or less more. Like we just, we had a dishonest partner that, uh, ruined yeah. it. One of them, you know? So, um, that, that was a mistake. And this is after years of working with other partners. Right. You know, that's the thing. Like it can still sneak up on you. And the lessons learned is that, you know, you have to be very careful and, and, uh, you know, that one cost us some money. That one yeah. definitely costs us some money that we're still trying to recover to this day. But it would
1: have cost us more had we not shut it down. It would have. It
0: down. Yeah. Cause we were feeling it. It, it was yeah exactly. It was co- it was still costing us money even though we were profitable, and it was we really problems.
1: a mistake somewhat to get into a business as investors at that stage where we were too spread thin to get in there and change it. Yeah, you know, exactly. Or we or well, we went in no, knowing if this thing fails, we we're just investors. We can't get in there and get this thing yeah, going, and yeah. that
0: happened. We you know, had so. no way to operate the business ourselves. Like there was not, we couldn't have gone in and done the work that needed to be Which
1: done. Which is what investing is a lot of the time. Yeah,
0: it is. It's it's trusting somebody else to do the work that needs to be done. And it's something you may not be able to do yourself. I mean, but that also is a, probably a good lesson that we shouldn't invest in something that we couldn't do ourselves at this stage of the game. At yeah. that stage, we at, probably at, shouldn't. At yeah. that stage, yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, in a few years, that may not be the same thing. But great lesson. It was a great, great lesson, lesson. Yeah. it was a good business that's the problem it was a yeah. good business we could have been making a lot of money and we were set up it was actually starting to look decent but it would have it would have cost us more money without any guarantee of future return like we were just in a bad situation um, you want to spend a few minutes and talk about kind of how
1: we uncovered that because I think there's a small lesson in that
0: there yeah um, yeah absolutely the so The way we, we found, yeah, we've, once we, we started getting suspicious. Brady and I were, was, we were in the books a lot. We were in the books. I mean, that's where we lived, right? We just started to see things that, uh, appeared suspicious and they started getting worse, right? They started, it it started seeming like things would be.
1: (sighs) Well, there were a lot of purchases and all the, like. There was a ton of transactions, so it was really hard to get in there. And mm-hmm. then the founder would be out on the job a lot of times with three or four employees right? and take them to lunch. You know, okay. No, he that's okay. employees. Okay. Yeah. And then I went to the, you know, then I took them or he, he would take them to the gas station and get them Gatorade and stuff, but then there'd be, you know, cash back. Yeah. You know, so we noticed things like that. So he's that's got right. a little story, but, ultimately there's some cash coming out and then we would see him, you know, go into an ATM, uh-huh. but then, and then we, so we calculated fuel and uh-huh. what was required for the operations over a week. You know, there was a lot more fuel and it seemed as if, you know, extra yeah. vehicles were being filled up. Extra vehicles.
0: Were be- and, look, and the problem with this is we are, well, first of all, the first problem is it's not honest. Like it should be, if it was disclosed to us, we might've been like, okay, Right, no problem, but it wasn't disclosed to us, and we were still an early company that was not profitable enough to have a lot of extra expenses. You know, right. we were we were very thin margin, but we weren't attacking him from the honesty
1: level yet because we didn't have yeah. a case, and yeah. that's important to keep mm-hmm. quiet. Don't don't say something on day one, right? Because ultimately, had he known that we were kind of on him from the little things, he would have never. He would have covered his tracks a lot better and we wouldn't have found this out until we'd been a couple years into this business and then it would have cost us a lot of money. Yeah, that's right. Um, So we kept quiet. We kind of started getting suspicious, let a few things concern us, but didn't say anything.
0: Uh Um, And he started getting comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did. He did. And then beyond that, we started compiling our case. We started adding things up. We started watching things a little closer and they, you know, they got a little bit, they came to a head a little bit because we got a payment from a uh, for a job, and suspiciously it was in cash, and it was and it was a repeat
1: customer. It was a repeat customer coming to us for the third time, and uh-huh. the two times before they had written checks, and right. we were confused. Why wouldn't they want to write a check? They're a business.
0: Yeah, they got
1: talked into paying. cash. They
0: got talked into paying cash, which doesn't make any sense as a business. You want to be able to verify your expenses, right? Like, see, so a check doesn't harm you. It helps you, helps you, and but we were wondering why they paid in cash, and then when we got the cash; it was short, and it was something that you know seemed really off. And so the way we handled it was we talked about it a little bit, and we thought, well, this can kind of be easily solved. Let's uh, let's call the customer and ask them why they paid in cash. But the problem was we didn't have any of the customer's contact. This client had been kept at arm's length from the rest of the partners. And so we said, well, let's ask the, the suspicious partner. Why? If we can have the phone number so we can call them to ask them about a tax thing, or it, it was some a receipt, you know, we kind of yeah, gave. We said cover. we
1: need to work with them because this was January. Yeah. And uh, so On we taxes said, yeah, we need to get with them over uh, some tax.
0: Right. You know, and so we knew when that came out, when we asked for the number, things would probably go awry and which they did. That's when everything came clean because you know the the dishonest partner realized that we were onto him. Yeah, it took him and a day through a to day
1: to admit to the uh, by the neck within twenty four hours he had called the other partner.
0: Yeah. And confessed. And confessed. Yeah. And, uh, that's- and he got
1: no points for honesty because he got flushed out. He got flushed out. And he, yeah. he basically just stole money on the job. You know, he took a, a cash payment and took a portion of it. and And get home home with them. Confessing to partnership when you're caught is too late. It's too late. Yeah, there is no room for somebody that steals in a partnership. That's just, that's unforgivable. The whole thing is about sharing money. That's the whole relationship is you share money. You've developed a team that you will make money and save money with and invest money with. Right. That's what a partnership is. Right. And there may be a business that you do that through, but at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. You just... You control
0: your money together. We are honest to a fault. We're honest to a a penny with each other. Right. I mean, realistically we are. And like, and like simple little things. For example, the other day I needed $2 in cash and I have vending cash in my uh, car. I dug up $2 and quarters in my house and put in the jar before I took the $2 out of the vending (laughs) cash. Cause I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm right. not going to be dishonest. Right. You know, I'm not going to, so before I did it and like, that's unexpected. Right. You know, at the end of the day, that's unexpected because we know that like, it's going to be fine, but it's just a principle. Mm-hmm. And if you don't abide by the principles down to the penny, they're worthless because it's going to escalate. You cannot
1: have a partner that knowingly takes money for themselves. Like right. you were, you, right. that is, it's silly. I can't even express how much of a no, no, that is like I mm-hmm. it, I mean, I don't have to explain it to anybody. Everybody knows a partner steals. Yeah. That's it for them. That's and it. We had to shut that's it. It wasn't just it for them. It was it for all of us. Right. Uh, but we did at least get all the asset ownership. We basically got all their equity.
0: Yeah. And pr- we're
1: able to protect ourselves.
0: But, you um, know, had we been a lot deeper, that would have been much more difficult. It would have been much more difficult. And that's what we talked about. That's why we couldn't have done it. Uh, that's why we needed to do it right then. And, uh, you know, we still know the model for the business. It may be something we fire back up eventually. It may not be, but it, it's just at the end of the day, that's what had to happen. And that was unfortunate because we were excited about that. Right. And it was good. It was, it a good was business. Fun. It was fun. It was fun. But that was, that was our most recent failure. I mean, so now how long we're, we're, we're on a year and a half or so. Dude. Well,
1: then in 2017.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. We
1: okay. entered into our first due diligence. Right. Right. So we were looking to acquire a business. Um, In the past, we had been starting businesses, basically. Uh, This last business was basically a startup. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started basically probably from stocks. It probably is what got us in more of the acquisition mindset. Uh But we looked at a laundromat. It had two locations. Um, It had a lot of, you know quarter machines Mm -hmm. um, and then some dry cleaning revenue. Um, And it wasn't a bad deal, but once, once we started looking at it, we realized it didn't feel like a lot of diversification. Part of it from my perspective was I was trying to diversify um, from our tech agency. And so one of these big customers of the laundromat um, was a hospital Mm-hmm. That had all their uniforms, um, you know, cleaned and stuff, and that contract was coming up like in nine months or something. So that was a big part of the thing that was going to have to be closed down. A big part of the deal. Um, so it required it, a sales effort. It required yeah, and it, so it just started feeling familiar. It felt like my tech company, like mm-hmm. you know, another customer that we need to go land. Like it just didn't feel like the, the type of diversification I was looking for, and about 60% of the revenue was coin revenue, uh, into mm-hmm. the machines. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that was good. That was worth buying, but now I'm paying too high of a multiple if I'm just getting the quarter revenue. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so it just, it seemed like such a diversification at first. Hey, let's get a couple of laundromats. They, that's way different from this tech company over here. But once we started going through due diligence, um, For me personally, it wasn't any diversification. Um, It was really kind of the same, the same type of company in a different form.
0: In a different form. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, And so that was a great lesson to learn. And then the following month or following quarter, we pretty soon after we entered into due diligence on a vending machine company. Mm -hmm. And when I say vending machine company, sodas and snacks. Uh, right place throughout uh, the city, and Spend some time, on that one. yeah, we put a lot of effort and energy into it, in fact, I traveled from Freeport to Denver twice, yeah. yes, uh-huh. during due diligence um we were in due diligence for a couple of months, yeah. probably you know sixty ninety days, something least, like that yeah' cause it was over
0: the end of the year, mm-hmm. so it kind of slowed down, yeah, bit, yeah, the
1: holidays did kind of keep it slow, but um on the last day um we found out some things that we didn't want to find out, and we backed out of the deal on the last day. Yeah, and uh, we were that signing was, papers the
0: next day. Yeah, no, we were signing papers that day. We were signing papers that it day. It was that day. It was. You're right. Yeah, this we're, was in the morning. We yeah, backed out. We were supposed
1: to sign at noon. It
0: was that. Morning. That's right. And um, as a result, what the price went down,
1: right? Like immediately. Yeah, immediately, the price. We could have gotten that thing for nothing.
0: <laughs> we, we just about could have. the The, the seller is in a bad spot, unfortunately for him. You know, but. At the end of the day. It was transparency. We didn't get,
1: we got information way late. Way late. There was nothing, you know, it was a smart move from the entrepreneur from one perspective of, you know, we, that was a good way to play us because we were there, we were close, we could taste it, you know, like we really wanted that. Like that was a much better shot at getting us than being transparent up front because we never would have made an offer in the first place. Uh, so that was the angle was to get us in and get us hungry and wanting it. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we had to pass on that. Uh, and now we're at the end of 2017. So this whole time we've had Together, one success in our stock portfolio and all of our private equity has been done. Yeah, except for the one we're currently on. uh, So and now we're just talking about going through due diligence. Yeah. Uh, But so then we enter into our third due diligence um, Mm -hmm. after that at the beginning of 2018. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we were that was I think that was about two months. It wasn't as maybe a month and a half. And it wasn't quite as long as the other, and it was a much cleaner deal. We paid uh, more of a premium, but it was a vending company as well. It's one um, we could get into without any problems. Exactly. So we, we, we decided, Hey, it's better to pay a higher multiple, um, lower our risk, uh, and have a business with clean books, you know, decent operations that we can go in and not have to do a lot of work on day one. Yeah. And,
0: uh, so, I mean, it, it made a big difference for us. And like, and since then, now we've been operating for a while. So we're in, we're in good shape and like, we're feeling good. And we feel like the snowball has finally started rolling. Exactly. Which, and that's, that's kind of the thing is get the snowball rolling and don't make big, don't make mistakes along the way, you know, be patient, be convicted, <laughs> kind of take it back to right. the beginning. And, uh, and eventually it'll, it'll kind of, your your inter- intervals get closer and closer. Like your big jumps, they go from 16 years to four years to two years to six months, and that's the interval we're at now. Is like every six months or so, we're making like deals happen that are more that are better, right? That's kind of where we're at. And but it's taken 16 years to get our interval down.
1: Right to where it currently is 16 years and six ideas. It was the sixth idea that got us working together full time. When I say full time, we work together two or three days
0: a week. Right. But, right. You know, it's a, it's a big difference, but it's taken that long. And I think that was kind of the whole point of going through these is that overnight success is a myth, right? It is a myth. And I used to, I used to want, I used to want it bad. But you realize that it's not, that's not how things go. Like it's just a, I mean, there, there's, there are anomalies. There are people who have overnight success. To have people who have two or three years of success. I mean, look at Instagram. The guy who started Instagram, it was bought in like two years for a billion dollars. That doesn't happen. Right. You know, that doesn't happen. Like it's so rare and people trust. And I don't know how many times he tried before then. It's just that, you know, like, For most people, there is a path you can follow to have entrepreneurial success and it just takes a long time.
1: And it's important to note that we were having fun doing all these failures. And if you're not, if you're not having somewhat, you know, some sort of fun. Now, if your, your house is on the line and all that, I I know it's not going to be as much fun, but you also have to decide what am I willing to lose? Mm -hmm. Um, and Am I going to go crazy and suicidal if I fall on my face on this first business? Right. You have to decide, no, I'm not going to. And you yeah. have to be ready for that failure and be ready to, you know, take a hit uh, with your personal finances, however that may be. But you got to decide that you got to go in as if you're ready to fail. you know, go in saying, OK, I can get another job do take a second job, pay off, continue to pay my mortgage you know, whatever else I got a card note perhaps, or, you know, whatever, whatever, however your life is going to be immediately impacted from failing. uh, be ready for that. Uh, and don't let it drive you mad. Like don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself when it happens, be ready and be strong and don't impact your friends and family by making them have to pick you up because you're depressed. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's invasive of your surroundings. And if you're a true entrepreneur uh, you're going to enjoy, continue to work on that. And that's okay to not be. You need to realize that early with not a lot of money or, so you can feel small and feel quick yeah. and realize, Hey, I don't want to do this. This isn't for me and move on. Uh, and that would be smart of you. That's and that's a success and it's own right. You realized your path. Uh, so don't, you know, don't go out on a limb. Don't get in with more than you can afford to lose without, getting depressed after you don't risk your
0: house in the first business. I mean, right. Uh, that's kind of, you know, like get a little experience under your belt before you risk your house. You can find other ways to be entrepreneurial without risking your house.
1: That's the thing. You can start with a little bit of money and a lot of
0: hustle and a lot of hustle. (laughs) And that's all, you know, you're going to have to call people and ask them to pay you. Like that is like, there's no other way to have a business without getting paid. And you're going to have to call people and ask them to pay you. You're going to have to call people and ask them for your business. Like you're going to have to have conversations that are uncomfortable all the time. That's just part of it. That's part of it. That's just part of it. So, I mean, that's probably a good spot to kind of wrap it up. That's right. That's good. That's a good time. So, uh, yeah, until the next time. Later.